We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heapy Podcast on a Valentine's Sunday. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas, and with me today is not my producer and co-founder, Brian Goins. Brian is, is out being a husband. Brian Brian has husband things to do today. Uh, we, are, we, are, we are single gang gang, at least I am, out here uh, on twitch.tv slash MIA Heapy. If you're listening to the pod feed and you want to get involved with what we're doing on Twitch, you watch our pods live, you can participate in the chat. Uh, however, with me today, to the left of me on screen. Moose himself, Alex Musibai. What's going on, people? Happy Sunday. Happy, uh, happy singles. I'm not calling. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not calling it what it really is. We're just happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Uh, <laughs> at the bottom of the screen, listen, friend of the show. Um, man, I don't even know. I mean, friend of the show. You've never been on the show, but you're a friend of the show. You're in chat. You know, Adam and I are friends. Clutch Adam from Five Reasons Sports of the Clutch Corner. His YouTube shows. When does your YouTube show air so that people can watch it? Because it's really good. Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Who's on with you? Because you have a lot of talented folk with you. Uh, are they really that talented? Alana, <laughs> Alana Tahauer, Michael Christian, who always tells me to remind people that he has a show on Onside Radio. Mm-hmm. And Royal H. is our host. Yes, that you I, went on. Yes. Royal's the host? You're the host. No, I'm not the host. I just sit there and watch. Really. If you, if you really think about it, I just sit there and watch. That's kind of what I want to do. Like the MHB model that I want to achieve is basically I just say, I mean, kind of if you look at hangover time, I don't have to do anything. Right. So Alf is doing hangover times and Alf does more hangover times than I do podcasts because the game's just outnumbered off days at this point in this fucking COVID <laughs> season. Um, speaking of games last night, by the way, shout out to Twisted Tapioca for a three month tier one sub. We appreciate you all the time, man. Everybody in chat that's contributing. That's like we genuinely appreciate it. Uh, by the way, we have a Patreon. And we're really getting rolling on the Patreon content. Uh, the very first newsletter goes up this s- tomorrow. Tomorrow, to, well, I guess at midnight. Uh, I don't know. I may schedule the post for 8 a.m. But tomorrow, you're going to get a newsletter where a lot of us are writing articles, giving takes, giving stats. It's really fun. And we're really kind of growing that. And we're going to get better as we go. Uh, also, there are some posts on the Patreon for our group watches. So I put a poll up if you guys rather do a watch for the Kings game or the Thunder game. Uh, and then kind of scheduling like how we're going to do that so we can all get together and we can all have a good time. So check that out. Patreon.com slash Miami Heat uh, So you can check out all our rewards. And we also have some, I, I think we have some really fun tiers. So check that stuff out. Uh, clutch, because I know Moose, you were on Hangover Time. Uh, so I know that I, people are familiar with your takes. <sighs> Adam, so they get bopped 
And I mean, bop. They went like seven fucking minutes without scoring the ball yesterday against the best team in the league, record-wise. I mean, no comparison. I don't want to get into the machinations of like their offense sucks because we've talked ad nauseum about that. What I want to talk about specifically is I want to talk about Bam. Because you can't have a... He feels like Spolster at this point that you can't have a nuanced conversation about him and what he does. Because if I'm critical of him on Twitter... Then every like I've been mildly critical and people are like, yeah, he sucks. Not a max player. And then, you know, there are there are other people on Twitter that are just like, you know, you can never criticize him. Right. So you're either you hate him or you're Leif. Right. Leif is like no ceiling lakes, the king of the bam. bam. So, like, I feel like there's just no in between. Like, he's obviously a really good player, but like the conversation around him, Adam, is nauseating. Yeah, I agree. I think there is a healthy medium that you can get to without compromising who he is as a player and what he can become and his progression as a star in this league. There were times throughout the season uh, lately where I've been texting people. I'm like, when did Bam get to 20 points? Right. And it feels like as of late, he's right. It feels like as of late, there's been a lot of empty points that he scored right in the fourth quarter when they're already down 15, 16 or, um, in the second half, right? It feels like a lot of his points are just coming from the free throw line, which is good, right? But that's not really a key to being successful in today's NBA. You need to do more, right? You need the mid-range game. You need to have a lot of things flowing. So, Bam, you can criticize him for being aggressive, but you can also criticize him for not being there at the right moments of the game, right? I think um, it was until the third quarter where we only had like four points in the game. And that's your max guy. And I understand that as a max player, he doesn't need to actually play like a max player till next year, right? That's when his, the money actually kicks in. So you don't need to see max player bam this year, but from all this talk from the front office about him being the next guy, right? The next Zoe, the next um, Dwayne Wade, the next superstar in the heat, this for this heat team, you need him to, play like a max player this year. And this team has aspirations for the finals. So four points in the third quarter doesn't cut it for me. Me neither. It's unacceptable. And Moose, like, and kind of the genesis of this conversation for me was I tweet out of the, I tweet out of every, out of every game out of the heat beat account. And I said, you know, it's kind of embarrassing how Bam just won't go at Rudy Gobert, right? Like they'll get him in pick and roll. And then Bam kind of stops and it's not even a short roll. And then he just kind of puts up a floater. doesn't even like kind of go at him. You know that he has the ball skill. and like, I don't know, Moose, did you watch that frustrated? And then, like, you know, Utah fans are mad at me. They're like, he's the defensive player of the year. I was like, bro, Bam's max player. Like, go at the guy. So I'm actually very glad that you started this all off by saying there's two extremes in this conversation. You're either pulling for Bam and he's the franchise guy, or you're talking shit and we're getting rid of him. So I want to preface this by saying he's a max guy. I love Bam. I'm happy that yes. he's here. I support him. Am I frustrated? He deserves the money that he, he deserves got. the money. I am not questioning the contract. None of that. But let's be honest. Once you sign that deal, there be, there's certain expectations that come with it. And I've been saying all year that this is going to be a, a progression year for him because he's got to learn to bring that aggressiveness that he really only brings at the last couple minutes of every single game. He's got to bring that now for 48 minutes. And that's something that he's going to learn this year. But is it safe to say that I'm frustrated? You're goddamn right I'm frustrated. This has been long enough, and we're dealing with certain uh, uh, expectations and sacrifices from the team through COVID and health and all that that he needs to step up now. Yes, there are nights where he's still going to fall back into what he's been, especially when Jimmy's beside him. But we saw glimpses of it when Jimmy was out. We saw what he could do when he is putting the pressure at being the main scoring option for 48 minutes, and it takes this team to another level a level that that's the only way we're going to be able to repeat this. And until Bam figures that out and brings that every single night for all those minutes. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating as hell. Cause we know he can do it. They have a lot of issues. Uh, Chris Torres in chat, CH Torres 87 says, gee, talk about the million pump fakes. No one respects his shot. Why are you pump faking? And it's like, that's and Nikias has said this on, on the dunker spot. And he, he tweets it out a lot too. It's like jab step rather than pump fake. You're not a 38-year-old guard under the rim trying to, like, finagle your way into an open layup. You are, at times, the most athletic player on the court. Adam, who was more athletic than Bam on the court yesterday? Because Rudy's not. But, Rudy's long. Donovan's not. 
Gee, here's the issue. Like, he needs to pump fake at times because he's not the most physically talented player, right? He's not the longest 100%. player on the court, right? So if he doesn't pump fake and he goes up and Rudy Gobert goes up, Rudy Gobert is going to win that challenge. He so still he has, has to pick to his spots. Fake. Right. Yeah. But you can jab step. You can do, you don't have to do the same thing every time is kind of my point. Well, I, I agree. He was very weak against Rudy Gobert. He, he sat in the pain and he didn't take advantage of his moments when he got them. And when Rudy Gobert sat, he didn't do anything with that time, right? He just. Utah won those minutes. Yeah. Exactly. They, they, That's they, my got, they got the lead with Rudy on the bench. I mean, the whole team was a mess yesterday. Nobody oh, felt like playing. Even Jimmy didn't feel like playing. But Bam, especially, it was really concerning seeing the fact that he wasn't able to get anything going. But I mean, we, we need to credit the Utah defense. They shut everything down. They didn't let Bam get to his spots. They didn't let him get comfortable. A lot of that was Rudy Gobert. But at the same time, it's not an encouraging sign for your max player to not have anything going, not even at the free throw line. Midway through the third quarter. Shout out to Curtis's hero for the gifted tier one sub. We appreciate that. I mean, when, when you have a guy in drop, right? Like Rudy's a drop big. He's not Brooke Lopez or DeAndre Jordan that they're like 10 feet out. And, and Rudy's a lot quicker than those dudes. But, you know, you have a big in drop. And I like that early in the game, Bam was taking the jumper. And I, I think that that's good. I think that that's a good way to start the game. If you are being covered that way, Bam recognized that. They clearly game plan. They're like, okay. Well, Utah plays defense like this, and we're going to kind of run these lower pick and rolls right there. They weren't running stuff at the three-point line like they always do. They're kind of running stuff like a little bit inside so they, they can get Bam one dribble into his into his shot. And it wasn't falling. The first couple, it didn't go. And at that point, it just became floater. It became off-balance jumper. It became this. And, and it was never, hey, let me. I think it was one time that I that I saw him take the ball on the dribble, and he missed, and then he just never did it again. And, and I just... You know, when, when a big is giving you that cushion as good as Rudy is, but you are also really good, right? Like you just can't not ever go at the guy. And if your floater's not falling, and I understand that there's a place for a floater, but dude, doc, if you haven't hit any and the game's falling away from you, you gotta, you know what I mean? You gotta switch it up. And I've been really critical of him. And I, cause I think he's legit. He has a talent of maybe being a top 10 player in this league, like on both ends of the floor. He's a guy that we can see change the game on defense in a way that, from a he could switch, he can help, he can do everything, right? And he's six nine. That's just fucking crazy. Um, but his offense, Moose needs to he needs to look for that more. And and he needs to set tones. It can't be Jimmy every night setting the tone, especially when Goran's not there. Again, I said it last night on Hangover Time. It's an aggressive mindset. We're going from being the hunters to the hunted. And unless you're bringing that mentality for 48 minutes on both sides of the ball. That's what we need from Bam right now. That's that's what a max player is. That's what we know he's capable of, which is why we're saying he deserves the contract. But now he's got to put. Uh, he's actually got to put the test and and pull through and bring it out because you know that that's what we need if we want to repeat and get back to where we know we can be. Well, maybe not this year, but <laughs> but still. <laughs> okay, so in Bam minutes without Jimmy and Goron, so those are their two north south ball handler scorers creators, right? Like those are the guys that run their offense. And if you look at any metric, when those guys are off the floor, their offense goes to total shit. When Bam is on the floor without them, so when it's Bam and the bench, right? Which I guess in theory, you're just like, like Chris Bosh. Remember what they used to do with Chris Bosh? They used to throw Chris Bosh with the bench unit and it would be, it would be Chris and, and, and four guys. When they put Bam without those two guys, the Heat have an offensive rating of 100, which is fucking awful. And they're getting outscored by, thir- by minus 13 net rating. They're getting their ass kicked when Bam is without his two all-star cohorts, um, which sucks. And then when he plays with Jimmy, they win those minutes. When he plays with Goron, they win those minutes. When You know what I mean? So when Jimmy plays without Goron and Bam, they win those minutes. Uh, when Goron plays without Jimmy and, and Bam, they lose those minutes as well. And when like they play the three of them together, they're about even in 66 minutes, which is just a negligible sample, right? So I look at that in, in, in those almost 250 minutes where they're just getting their asses kicked when he's not there with another ball, with another dominant ball handler that score, Adam. And I'm thinking like, that has to change. Like if we look at ways that they can improve internally, I look at that shit and I go, bam, I'm, I'm sorry. Like that's not fucking good enough. Like your offense goes to total shit when you're in control. And I, that's not good enough. What I'm curious, is that more to do with Jimmy sitting or bam playing without Jimmy? Right. So if, I think it's a little bit of both. 
Mm-hmm. So like, what what is it like with Jimmy on the court and just Jimmy without Goran or Bam? Uh, they're plus 10 net rating and their offense is right. uh, 107. So what that tells me is Bam is not a difference fit maker on either end of the court for them overall. Right. When Jimmy's I think, not on the court. I think on defense he is because their defense is good. No, absolutely. He's de- they're, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're great defensively with him on the court at all times. Right. But like the reality of the situation is their offense is terrible regardless. Right. So if you don't have Jimmy on the court, it gets even worse because Bam isn't that guy offensively. So I think when Jimmy's on the bench, you need to see uh, a Bam that we, we need to see Brooklyn Bam. And that's just to tread water, right? That's the only way that they need to be able to survive. And I think here's the issue. I'm not really surprised by the fact that Jimmy and Bam, when they play together, they aren't as aggressive because last year we saw in the finals when Jimmy played with Bam, we lost those games and Jimmy didn't play aggressively. But when Bam wasn't on the court, we had finals MVP. That's not fair, 40. though, because... No, but it, it. But we saw it throughout all of last year, too. And we're seeing it this year. Bam without Jimmy was 40-point, you know, Brooklyn Bam. Bam and Jimmy together, Bam's not doing nearly enough. They're good together. I mean, the Heat, the heat are winning minutes when they play together. They're, they're, they're good together, but they're not good enough to win games. I think part of that has been their spacing this season because they're always playing with a non-floor spacer, like especially when they have Andre. Uh, and guys are cheating off Olenek lately. I mean, I, I know Olenek has played well, and I know that that lineup of those three together has been really, really good. It's catching uh, but, up to them, though. It's catching up to them. Yeah, it, it's, 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 We're not getting any spacing. You're absolutely right, and it's stifling our offense. Like, whatever. Olenek's going to shoot 10 times? Fuck it. Who cares? They'll exactly. have some nights that he beats us. And I'm, like when the three of them are together, they're outscoring opponents by 12 points per 100 possessions in 200 minutes. Does it look like it, though? Yeah, it does. I I think so. With, I think that when the when the three of them play together, they who look really Bam, good Kelly, and Jimmy. Yeah, I think I I I mean the numbers would would suggest that. I just think that like in the Utah game, they're like, ah, we're not gonna guard, we're not gonna guard KO. That's fine. You can do that. But the thing is, Bam, Kelly, and Jimmy together have played very little together. I'm assuming it was and it was yeah, it's 200 minutes, right? And it's really the four games that they won against the Rockets, the Wizards, and the Knicks, right? Well, the the issue is the Andre stuff. So when when they go small. Right. So when they go Jimmy plus a center plus Igadala, that's when their offense goes to hell because then they have whatever precious or bam. Right. And then they those are non floor spaces. And then they play with the two of them, Andre and, and Jimmy together. And they're just not they're not scoring. Right. Because their offensive rating is at about 100 when they play those those small ball lineups. Right. So Jimmy, precious, Andre, you know, they're getting outscored by six when it's uh, Jimmy. Uh, Bam, Andre, they're getting outscored by uh, nine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's not good. It's been it's been unfortunate. It's been bad, and and they haven't had a solution, which is kind of why I've always been like, I think they need a better power forward. Uh, I know that Belizia people in chat are kind of pointing to Belizia. He kind of fits that bill. I would like them to be a little smaller. Um, I, I guess Adam, we can kind of start here. Like, how available is that for Miami? I know that Sacramento, you know. I feel like they're shopping every time I open Twitter. Uh. I mean, Bielitsa, really, it goes to the highest bidder. And the bidding won't start very high. I'm assuming it would be a trade exception and, and a few second-rounders, second maybe. You know, I, I, is he expiring? I think he is. It, even if he's uh, not, it should still be the same cost. Like Philly, he, he'd help Philly, too. He would, but they need... I think they need a Lowry more than they do a power forward that can score. Because if you play Bielitsa, you're taking away from Tobias Harris. And Tobias Harris is a volume guy. And without him on the court, you're not getting maximum value from him. So, I, 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 and, and, and it's funny because Chess kind of pointed this out as well. Uh, Moose, I, I had tweeted that I kind of looked at Bielitsa as like a Linux replacement. And I and it like Twitter really got me thinking, and I was like, I'm wrong about this. He's not here to be a Linux replacement. He's here to just <laughs> be a backup four, so Andre doesn't have to do it. I think Bielitsa is the type of move that you make just to make a move. I'm not saying it's going to make us that much better or that much worse. It's just bringing in another guy and hoping that that stirs up something in the team. I think Tiffany said it uh, a couple of weeks ago, and she said it best. It's like it's making a move just to kind of 
lift the spirits and the morale of the team and kind of get things going. And if that's ultimately what they end up doing, I mean, fine. I do think something needs to be done to kind of get the engine started because everyone's just stagnant right now and kind of looking around being like, all right, who's going to be the one to kind of get, get us out of the mud right now. I I don't know. Like I kind of hate doing a move to make a move thing. Uh, Why? I mean, it's like, if it doesn't cost anything, I know. I mean, the, I would be like, I'm not saying I'm against like Bailey too. Like obviously like he helps them. Um, and who cares a bunch of second rounders and a trade exception that you have to use anyway. Like who gives a fuck? Well, um, my only I, thing I with, with doing this move, if it's just a move is how many random second rounders do we have left to include in trades? Because we're buy one though. They can buy them. Uh, I mean, we're, it's kind of difficult to acquire assets now when everyone's trying to make trades, you know, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying we're going to be working from a, pos- not from a position of strength which is not exactly something Pat Riley likes to do. They very rarely negotiate for a position of strength. No, but this year it's different because yes, everyone near the trade deadline is still in the race for a playoff position, which means nobody is going to want to sell off. Whereas in other years, they would have been more willing to sell. So now it's going to cost more to get guys like Bielitsa or guys like, like the Kings might still be in the playoff race in the, in the West, especially because the play in tournament goes to the 10th seed. So it's going to be yeah. harder to get these guys, and that just doesn't bode well for this Heat team, especially for a Kings team that like legitimately would like to make the playoffs. Um, they haven't made the playoffs in how long? Has it been since the Chris Webber teams? Was it fifteen years or something? I mean, it's crazy. Like you know, like we can talk shit and like ah, you're just going to be an eight. You're going to get in the playing tournament and get bought by the Warriors or whatever, like whatever. But like that, that means something to, to fans, to people, especially if like you know they might be able to get some fans in there. Like, I'm sure that that matters that that extra door revenue that they've obviously lost. Like that's huge. And, and that city really cares. Like, and that's why I kind of like, I, I, I pester out him all the time with Harrison Barnes, but he's just not a realistic option for them. Cause he's really good. Te- other teams will want him. If he does become available, Sacramento is like a pretty okay team. They're like hovering around 500. They're going to be in the hunt. They have a really good young player in, in the Aaron Fox. They're, they're building something, and Harrison Barnes has a nice contract that decreases every single year. Yeah, so why would I, they blow it up? Yeah, yeah. No I personally to. don't think they're really going to move him. I mean, especially if they no way. I don't think at so. That last at that last playoff spot. I mean, you said it yourself. For some teams, that really matters, and for that franchise, that last playoff spot is really going to make a difference. It matters so, to the Hawks. Like the yeah, fucking well, Hawks want to make the playoffs, which is kind of surprising that they'd want to move John Collins. Which kind of gets us to our next point. I know that that's kind of been some chatter. Uh, Adam, have, have, has my, is like, is this serious? Is like Miami like legitimately been linked to John Collins or is this just like Twitter talk? Right now it's Twitter talk, but if we get closer to the deadline and they haven't talked about some sort of deal and they haven't worked anything out, then it becomes real. And I think he makes a lot of sense for teams like the Rockets more so than the Heat because the Heat, um, look, it takes a lot of pride to not give out multi-year deals last summer and then go ahead in this summer, get assets, pay assets for John Collins, and then pay him afterwards a three or four year deal. So it takes a lot of pride for a team to do that, but I think it's worth it. Right. But right now it's not really consideration. I saw a report that said that they are willing to talk to teams. Yeah. That's different than actively talking to teams. So. Is this like, so it's funny because chat's saying how sad it is uh, that we went from Giannis to Bailitia. Right? Like it's kind of, you know, somebody's <laughs> yeah, talking yeah. about her, like her, we'd be happy with Hernan Gomez and shit like that. But it's, it's, it's kind of true. You know what I mean? Like they went from whale hunting to bargain bin shopping, right? They, they went from Louis Vuitton. Uh, they went to the, you know, uh, Moose. From whale hunting know. to bait shop. You're in the design district. You know what I mean? You're looking at all these nice stores and all of a sudden you end up at an outlet mall. Yep. You end up in Florida city and, uh, <laughs> But hey, if we can come back with Lonzo Ball, I'll take it. Refurbished <laughs> Nike shorts and shit. You know what I mean? Um, it's tough. Like I, I know the trade market's going to be like important for them, and I know the buyout market's going to be important for them. And and you know they have the the disabled player exception. They have their seven point six million dollar trade exception. They have the biannual exception, right? And then they you know they obviously have moves to make. They can cut Silva. They can cut um, Myers. They can cut. Um, they can't really cut the two-way guys because there's really no point. So Gabe and Struess, I feel, are pretty safe. Um, we can't afford big, to cut them right now. Ah, uh, yeah. Getting I mean, some heavy could, minutes they for could us. Cut, they could cut Mo Gabe's Harkless, on the right? marquee. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, they're, putting Gabe, they're putting Gabe on the damn graphics. 
You go by the AAA, there's like a little gate flag right there on uh, Dwayne Wade, right, right? The little intersection, you know? You're kidding. Um, no, you're kidding. Nah, I'm kidding. I don't know. Yeah, I drove by the AAA the other day. I was like, ah, oh, I miss you. I Is miss Gordon Hayward still there? <laughs> Do you remember that? That was so funny. We had Alex Toledo uh, stake out the AAA that, that, that summer. When Gordon was there, Alex Alex was kind of driving, doing doing Uber Lyft, and we're like, Alex, you know, can you stake out the AAA? And he's just kind of like parked around and waited. What intern told Pat Riley that was a great idea? Oh, I don't know. It was just, I don't know. I I, I was in on it. I'm not gonna lie. I, when they did that, I was in on it. Oh come on. I wanted him so bad at. I mean, I think I you mean, know the look, kind of player oh, I like. Heat, I like everyone on Heat Twitter wins. wanted him. I like versatile wings. Like if you're a versatile wing, I'm fucking in on you. Gallinari, Harry B. Gordon Hayward, like I'm fucking, I'm Zach all Levine. in on that. Zach, okay, you, this guy, chat, listeners, Adam texts me like every fucking day now about Zach Levine. And Moose, you like Levine? I like Zach Levine. I don't know what it would cost. I, I haven't even thought of it as a trade scenario. So right now I'm just purely listening. It'll, but do I like cost, Zach Levine, the player? Yeah, I like Zach Levine. It'll cost drippy droppy. Well, then you know what? We got to talk about this, I think. Uh, <laughs> look, at the end so, of the day, hold on, though, wait a I second. do know. Drip, drip drop and what else? Because I'm willing to listen if it's if it's drip drop and like drip drop salary. Drip Duncan. Mm, no. no. Mm, I'm, because, exactly and I'm going to tell you why. Because that is going to be a deal that will land us the next guy, but we only get to do it once. Are we going to do it for Zach Levine? What? No, you don't have to only do it once. You could just re-sign Zach Levine and do it again. Uh, I'm not so sure about that. that, No, no, I don't like this idea that fans have this perception where once you buy into a guy and invest stock in it, that doesn't mean you can't move that stock. Is value you get diminishing return every time? I think Chris Paul is a good example of that. Do you? I think Chris. I think Chris Paul is the best example of that. You know, you 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 trade Chris Paul right, and you get diminishing return in Westbrook, and then you trade Westbrook. And then they got lucky, but I think that was, I, I think at the Gee, time we all thought that Westbrook was a better player than the wall. We're talking about a 34 year old point guard versus a 25 year old shooting guard. But he's so, I, and I, I've, I've used these stats a lot. When Zach Levine's playing on the court, when he's there, when he's like playing basketball on the court, the Bulls are losing those minutes. They're minus four net rating. When Zach Levine sits, when Zach Levine is not involved in basketball related activities on the court, the Bulls are plus seven net rating. They're fucking winning. That's a really good net rating. The Bulls are good when he's not there, and they're bad when he's there. That matters to me. That matters. And we talked about BAM anti-calorie numbers. That matters. And I know that he's a 50-40-90 guy. He's obviously a very good offensive player. That is, there's, no, there's no saying otherwise. So then Their offense gets seven points worse when he sits because, of course, it would. He's fucking cool. Uh, so what does that mean? He's not a winning player. If you're if you're there for offense, you're there for offense. Because you give up a lot on defense, and this is a league where you can you get give hunted up. and trapped. And, and it's not this league is not about your weakest link. Like you know, like Dragic survived in the playoffs. We saw that. We see how Kendrick Nunn is so bad defensively that he can't play minutes that matter. Right? Like in the playoffs when things count. Like if he's if this is happening in the regular season, imagine when a team gets two weeks. Imagine when when a good coach gets weeks to plan for you and, and pick apart your every weakness. That's like what I'm good. Like, and at this point, their season has gone so fucking in the toilet. They got blown up by Utah. They eke by the Knicks and the Wizards and, and, and they barely kind of squeezed by a Rockets team. I know they blew them out, but it, like, it was not a convincing blowout if that, that could mean anything. Like maybe, yeah, you have to do that trade. You give up Drip Drop and you give up Duncan. I don't know if... Levine makes them a contender. Gianni, I'm more concerned don't. about just trying to hold on to my catchphrase as long as I can. I, <laughs> yeah, I can't so scream. We have, we have a lot riding on that. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. No, yeah, it's just. No. <laughs> would you? All right, G. Would you rather have Zach Levine in on defense with four good defenders, or Duncan and Tyler? What are those four defenders? Because one of those is Olenek now. Kick <laughs> it. No, I mean, okay, Jimmy Bam. Um, I can give you. We can give you another shooter, but he wouldn't be. Too bad defensively. Like, can they can they like snatch Otto Porter from them? Okay, what if we do Thad Young and Zach Levine? He's a non-shooter. Like the problem with Thad is that like he gives you the same issues that Andre gives you. That's true. That's true. But Thad Young, I feel like their offense is going to be good even even if they have a non-shooter because Levine is going to be that good. And but again, the issue is is that when you have Levine on the ball. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All of a sudden, now Jimmy's off the ball. And Jimmy's a minus floor spacer already. So if you're going to have Jimmy, Andre, and then Levine and Bama running two-man game, you really you run into the situation with Duncan where you can start switching actions and it's going to really neuter your offense. Right? Jimmy, and then, Jimmy's phenomenal off-ball cutter. And he is. it's better when you can flip back and forth between Levine and Jimmy. Jimmy gets the line, and then when Jimmy's on the bench, Zach is, is playing his game. He's getting his shot. And I'd rather have that than when Jimmy sits. They all forget how to play basketball. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball player strikes out when the bases are loaded. The best golfer sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go get to roman.com slash heatbeat21 now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. And the whole process is discreet and straightforward. Get Getting started is simple. Go get to roman.com slash heatbeat21 and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete the online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Go get to roman.com slash heatbeat21 to get $15 off your first month. Look, that's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Get to roman.com slash heatbeat21. Go get started to save $15 on your first month of treatment. So one thing I like that the Heat do, and, and I've said this a bunch, and it's, it's I know that people make fun of me. Shout out to Twisted Tapioca for the five gifted subs. Listen, nobody's ever Twisted said tapioca. shit about our little Eric Reed and Tony Fiorentino looking at some stats sub alert. I, I worked hard on that. I don't know why the audio doesn't work on that. Does the audio work on that chat? Let me know because I never, I don't hear it. So you guys got to let me know if that works. I yeah, set it up. I to haven't work. heard that. Yeah, I, I have the little alert and I was proud of it. It's supposed to whatever the audio. Something I really like that the Heat do. And, and look about look at this with Duncan and Tyler, because it's one of their best plays. And I know that we're all sick of the dribble handoff stuff. But when Duncan's standing in the corner and he kind of sprints to that curl. Jimmy is a very good screener there. So what they'll do is what that's called pistol action. And Jimmy will come screen for pistol in that corner. And then at that point, Jimmy's man has to make a choice. Mike, are they going to switch that or are we going to trail? And Duncan is such a good shooter. And Duncan still terrifies defenses that that's a choice that leaves Jimmy on a roll with an advantage. And what the, the Heat do is then Duncan pivots that into a dribble handoff. So not only do you have a guy trailing the play and Jimmy has a two on one on a roll that if that they can kick him to when Bam gets the ball at the elbow. They could do that with Levine and Jimmy, right? And all of a sudden, Duncan, who's not a threat to take you on the pick and roll, all of a sudden, Levine is a guy that can take you off the bounce. They could hit Jimmy as a cutter. Like, they could do a lot of stuff. Like, their offense will be a lot better with Levine. I don't know if they're going to be, like, good enough to make the finals again. I do think that they have a lot of holes that they wouldn't have plugged. But that's certainly... And I've I've kind of come around on it a little bit, Adam. Um, I'm no, very no, no, stubborn. no. Why? Why did you come around? Was it because your heroes? Because your heroes finally said that 
Zach Levine would be good on the Heat. No, it's not because Zach Lowe said so. Because Zach Lowe also says that I, I hate this hipster thing mm-hmm. where people are saying that like Donovan Mitchell isn't as good as Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley. It's like the dumbest thing ever. It's the most NBA Twitter take I've ever seen. I hate it. Have you seen that? It's so fucking annoying. I'm like, can we not do that? Uh, but no, I, I'm pivoted because because the offense has been so bad. Like the offense is like legitimately awful. And I think that the offense will improve when Goran comes back. But Goran's not. And I mean, Goran is a 34-year-old point guard that he, while their offense is good when he plays, it's just not enough. They they need a little more. We can't keep relying on Goran. That's not a knock on Goran. I love Goran and his his offense will help us. But if we're relying on him, then we're not going to continue to progress. He's like, their savior need, at this point. We need more than that, though. And let's be they honest. Do, they do. They do. What is he going to be like next season? You know, like it's not like time is moving backwards for him, you know? So this team needs some work. And this is the first time I'm thinking of Levine. It's not as bad as Levine, 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 whatever. If we get him, I'll learn his name. But for now, let me ponder it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's interesting. It's interesting. Get with the program, man. We need, we need Zach Levine. He's, uh, he's not James Harden-esque, but he's, he's good enough to get us over the offensive woes. That's all. You know, what's funny is that I've, I've always felt because like the defense has been like largely pretty good, right? Like the defense has been uh, a lot better than I expected. And that has been kind of stunning because their defense was not very good last Tyler year. Tyler didn't play nine games. Goran has missed a lot of the season. Yeah, but, but continue. I mean, none, none has played a lot. Gabe Vincent has played a lot. Max Drews has played a lot. Helping. Has played a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm saying this helping. season, I'm saying, I'm saying yeah. this season. That yeah. like those guys have played anyway, and their defense, you know what I mean? Like th- their defense isn't isn't very good either. So you know, I I look at those like their defense has been good, and I think a lot of that's been Bam. Uh, when since Jimmy has come back, their defense. I mean, we can say what they want. Yesterday, the first half they played they played good defense in that first half. I think the, the game got away from them a bit. Um, but you know, they're they've become somewhat of a good defensive team, and I'm I'm, I'm going to pull up their ranking right now. They were I think I think ninth going into last night. Uh, they are seventh. Right, so their defense improved after that. Uh, they're they're. Uh, they I thought they played, they, yeah, they played. They play good defense. I mean, remember the the a defensive rating of one hundred nine will get you seventh, right? Offense in this league oh, is through. I roof. saw this yesterday, but the one hundred nine is like every team below them is like one hundred nine point four, one hundred nine. No, one oh. So the Warriors are under them at one hundred nine point six, and then the Spurs at one hundred nine point eight, and then it's one ten. Uh, and it's then close. Yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of the teams are close, but I mean they're they're playing at a, at a defensive level that's good. Yeah, uh, and then above them is is Phoenix at point five. So like, and that's typically how this stuff goes. But I mean they've been one of the better defenses in the league. Um, I think that it's fine. I think that the defense is fine considering that even they're playing a lot of net negative defenders. Um, they need offense though, and and I was surprised because I thought that they can. I thought because last year they were seventh in offense. And I was like, well, deep down inside, you know, there's a there's a good offensive team here. No. Oh. Uh, and it just I, I haven't seen mm-hmm. it. Part of that is it's kind of go through the things that are ailing them. Part of this has been health. I don't think that that can be understated, right? Like Jimmy Goran and Bam have played 66 minutes together. Um, they're never healthy. I think another part of it is it that their shooters never play well the same day. If Kelly plays well, Duncan's not shooting well. If Duncan's shooting well, Kelly's not shooting well. Tyler has like his shot has disappeared for periods of time. He's shooting, I think, low 30s uh, from three this year. I think that's part of it as well. When Tyler is a ball handler that you depend on, when Tyler is kind of coming off that handoff, all of a sudden, you're not so scared of Tyler pulling up, right? And that's going to change the complexity of your defenses. Duncan is not the best shooter in the league. That's another part of it. Duncan's shooting about 39% from three, not 45 like last year. And it's a lot of volume. He's still shooting eight and a half attempts. Uh, But teams are like, well, we're just going to switch these handoffs and uh, you can't do anything about it. And you can't. And they trap or they or they switch and he's done. And that's that's just who he is. And I think that he's added that little dribble drive, you know, when they overplay him like a lot and he could see it coming. I think he's gotten better at that slip pass. Uh, but when they switch, Bam's not punishing the small on him and Duncan can't do anything against length, which I don't think you should expect Duncan to be. You know what I mean? If they, if the OG Ananobi switches on to him, like I don't that you're you're expecting a lot out of Duncan if you want him to, to to win that matchup. That's on Bam to flip it, and if Fred Van Vliet's on him now, you better win, right? So stuff like that. I think that all those things combined uh, with the health and, and all that stuff, and I think that teams just have 
better scouting on them now. I think the the handoff stuff they figured out. But I think a lot of this is just their guys aren't shooting as well. And it's all like kind of symptomatic. So Levine for sure helps. Um, is he available, Adam? We've talked a lot. <laughs> He's been weirdly like it's been like Chicago's been like, okay, you can call about him. It doesn't mean we're engaging. That's the feel that I've gotten over the last two years. That's like it's like, it's like a Tinder date for me. What's okay. the what's the contract like? It's 19 million for the next two years. How do you say no to that? No, you don't. Yeah. It's just, I, I mean, I don't think Miami has, I mean, drip drop Duncan. Uh, and then, well, yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of what the actual package they would be convey. to match up. I mean, if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense and it would be a long-term fit with Bam because he's 25. It's not like he's like 27, 28, getting up there closer to Jimmy's timeline. And going back to what you said, Gianni, think about it. You need Duncan to be the best shooter on the planet. You need Tyler to be hitting his shots and you need Kelly. You need Kelly to look like an NBA player. Last year they had Kelly, Duncan, Tyler, and Nunn and Goran shoot 40% or near it. Yeah. Just to make up for Jimmy and Bam's offensive struggles, right? That needs to change. And last year they caught a lot of teams by surprise because every single lineup that they threw out there has never been seen before. Even in the bubble, no one saw Jay, no one saw Iggy, right? Teams understand now what they do and what they like to do with Duncan and the dribble handoffs. So you're not surprising anyone the way that you surprised them when last year. And part of that's from Spo. Right? That's a problem that Spo yep. needs to address. And no one really is talking about how Spo has that problem and has had that problem in terms of rotations this entire year. I don't think it's a rotational thing, though. I, that I'll fight back. Right. I okay. Think they have. Fair enough. Yeah. Because you they, you. You only have what you have in front of you, right? The players that they have. They Everybody's can't hurt. Nobody's right. available. But in terms of the style, the creative ability to change the matchups and, and to play differently, that's on Spo. And I think we can um, all agree with that. The, the main thing with, with Eric that I think kind of annoys me, and I don't know, again, like some of this falls on your players as well. Like when you get, when teams kind of are sniffing out what you're doing, like they know, like, okay, the, I know the handoffs are coming and the Heat lead the league in handoffs. I, I, how do we deal with the handoff? Well, we can do a couple of things. We can trap on the handoff and we can let Bam slip and our help comes from the corner because we know that Andre is a bad shooter and we know Jimmy is a bad shooter. And if Olenek that corner man, I think we live with that as long as Bam's not going to the rim. So what they're doing is they're either trapping and then sending that help from the corner in between Bam and the rim. It's just smart. They switch which means that Duncan now has a bigger guy on him and Bam is a smaller guy. And teams know that Bam's not going to punish that guy. The scouting reports out, the film's out. He just does not do it for whatever reason. And if you're Eric Spolstra, you're like, okay, well, what can we do? So yesterday they run a lot of small, small pick and rolls, right? So now they do the handoffs, but they have it with Tyler and Duncan. And it worked a couple of times. And I think that was partly to keep Rudy Gobert. Out Literally of a couple of times. <laughs> no, because then Utah started switching those because it's easy. What's, but, what's that, small, and, I'm, small? and I'm agreeing with you. That, that's the point. Yeah. They run high pick and roll. The one thing that they don't do a lot of is have Jimmy screen for Bam or have Tyler or Duncan screen for Bam. And that was one of the things that I would have liked to see them do more. But that might be a is Bam willing to take a dude off the dribble? Because, you know, if you're if if you kind of get Bam instead of in that elbow spot where he's waiting for a handoff, if instead you kind of run, you can either run some Spain pick and roll and set that down screen or you can have Tyler come screen early. And then now you have a drop big and go bear and a small guy in front of you. You can have the shooter flare. You can get better looks. That's one thing. But I mean, at the end of the day, they don't have enough north-south ball handlers. They have a ball handler in Jimmy Butler. And you have Tyler, who I think in his specific usage is doing good enough, but they don't have anybody else. At most, they have three ball handlers. Goran, Tyler, and Jimmy. I don't think none falls in that category. I think none is a pretty limited offensive player with zip. What are you going to say, Moose? It, it sounds to me like you're saying that this team needs another true point guard. I do. Which is I something do. that I was screaming in the offseason. I know, but like my You did this like, entire team a disservice not getting I, a true ball handler. I'm not with you guys on that. I'm, what? So my, my <laughs> thing is that they have, in the playoffs, they have four guards that they can yeah, count on. That's that's my whole thing. They, like, they, they don't have room for another guy. So if you're going to use your assets that you need to do other things, and I understand. Goran can't be the guy that you count on. 
that's fucking fine. But you get a Bano Udri guy. You don't need to get Oladipo. Is my thing. Mm, like I'm not with you on that. Yeah, I, no, I, I don't. I don't agree with that one. But I yeah. do think we need a point guard. My I, thing is, instead of Avery Bradley or somebody that you know who, well, they tried. Honest, they Avery tried Bradley's to get a guard. I mean, they tried. What, no, what real no, point guard didn't. did they get? No, they didn't. Exactly. They had Avery. I don't like Avery, but I. I mean, I. But the Heat understand that, okay, they're going to have Jimmy and Goran handling the ball for the majority of the possessions in the playoffs. So they needed to fix other things, which is their power forward spot and their shooting struggles or their shooting woes. And I think I, I disagree with the whole notion that they need a point guard just for that reason. Sure, in the regular season, a point guard would be great. The turnovers would be really low and everyone would have easier shots. But in the playoffs... I disagree. I think Jimmy and Goran's fine. Okay, but we're, uh, but what I'm saying is we need that point guard in the regular season to get to the playoffs. Because oh, no. right now, mm. <laughs> right now, even if we get to the playoffs, I don't feel comfortable with this team right now. I think that I think they ha- all the offense was what we just said. They have all those problems, and it's not and it's not one thing. And I don't think inserting a point. I don't think inserting X starting point guard is going to fix that. I think obviously you'd want an upgrade over none. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that ails all their issues because the other issues are still fine because you could still switch those handoffs. You could still do a lot of stuff. And if you get a little more pick and roll action, that may be fine. But I mean, they still don't have backup fours. They don't have a wing power forward there. They can't switch as much. And in the playoffs, it's just not going to fly. Hey, Gianni, you know, yes. Zach Levine played point guard the first four years of his career. I told you, like at this point, like whatever, like you give Duncan and Tyler and a pick. I saw somebody. Oh, so on, you're on fine. board. At this point, I'm I'm kind of worn down. Okay, finally. I'm kind of. Right. I'm kind of. It took me showing up on the pod for this to happen. I'm still you, thinking you, about it. No, you're still, <laughs> you're still not on board. So I'm not. Killer. I'm not totally against it, but this is literally the first time I'm thinking about it. Like I, I want to go look at his numbers and stuff. I've I don't think it's a bad it, idea, but... though. I can see where. It would I don't like him on the offensive end. You, you just, I, like I think him. it's, I think it's a race thing against you, Zach, uh, with Zach Gianni. Why? What does know. that mean? Because there's no, you're not giving me a good reason. He's a bad defender. He's never played winning basketball. Tyler's not life. a good defender. Duncan's He's never not a good helped. Defender. Yeah, but t- Tyler's helped the team win. What is Zach? When has Zach Levine ever helped the He's team win? He's played for Minnesota and Chicago. So did Jimmy. That's different. He got Why traded for Jimmy. He got traded for Jimmy. He when he was in Minnesota with Cat. They never won either. That's like I'm he's not, just I'm never. Not this conversation. He's never been a winner. I'm sorry. He's never been a winner. He's so killer twenty five six. I th- yeah. I think he's young enough where you could still pro- put him in the Heat offense. They could work with him to get him somewhere else. I'm not saying that he's a finished product right, All right now, Adam. Which can is why I'm Hero Robinson, Andre slash Filler get a deal done without picks. If we can somehow get the bulls out of the playoffs then yes that, that won't be easy that, that, that'll be easy they're bad that team's bad they're a bad team but you need them to fall out hard like washington hard yeah i'm 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 not in whatever i mean no I you're in you're in at this point i'm in i'm kind of in. the I mean, offense sucks he's a good the offensive player he's a ball handler he fixes their scoring problems allows jimmy to rest a little bit allows goran to rest and it helps Bam in the long run. So He's my issue is, is that in the playoffs, when you have to play Goran and Levine together, that's going to be why? an issue. What do you mean? Why do you why? have to? You don't have to. Why the fuck not? Then who's your, what are you going to do? You don't have to. You, you're going to be out bodies. You're trading, you're, you're trading two guards for Levine. So who you who you playing at point guard? I'd, I'd rather put in a better defensive guard. You you can still make moves. It's not like Zach. You can put the Avery only. there. I mean, what are you gonna have Avery closing for you? Avery Bradley and Zach Levine backward. That's a good backcourt. No, it's That's not. We just we Avery hasn't been good. He hasn't been good, but I feel like he can get there by playoff time as a good mm. defender. All all I ask for him is to stop, or not to try to stop, uh, like guys like Kyrie. Just slow him down a little bit. That's all I ask. Right. That's I'm not asking thing, them like, like one three a game, maybe, but that's it. They don't need to do anything else. Don't handle the ball. None of that. Just play some good D and hit one three a game. That's it. Milwaukee's offense is scary. So is the Nets. Uh, this, I'm not scared of the Celtics. I'm not scared of the Sixers. Uh, I'm scared of the teams Sixers. You, you go back and forth. Sometimes you're scared of them. I'm not scared of them. Uh, they have not solved their biggest problem, which is where Ben Simmons stands when possessions matter. And that's not fixed. And therefore, I'm not scared of them. They're easy to defend. I don't. Seth Curry is not going to shoot 50% from three the whole game. And if Seth Curry is going to 
beat you in a playoff series and yeah. by all means. Right. That, that's what I right. say, right? If, if Seth Curry is the difference between winning a series and not winning a series, I'm not really concerned. And they're going to do the same thing that they do to Duncan. When he's flying off those screens, you just switch that stuff. And, and, and unless Embiid's screening there, you can switch it because Ben's not going to punish you. How many times is Bam going to have a post up on Seth Curry and he's not going to take advantage? Never, 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 okay. never. He's just not going to do it. They don't like it. And, and, and they don't, they don't really, ha- and I, this is one of the things that I can say that they don't, you can blame Spoh, like they don't really have sets to get them into post-ups, right? It's mostly guys just sealing their man and like, <laughs> right? Like, you know, Pat Riley, a Pat Riley led franchise will never run triangle. Um, not that I want them to run triangle. I don't like watching triangle, but I mean, like, wouldn't kill you to have a couple triangle sets. Um, <laughs> like, you know, not, not to get too inside coaching, but I mean, like their offense is pretty intricate, but a lot of it is just pistol stuff. It's horns and it's handoffs, right? That's kind of what they do. It's the heat wave. It's what Eric Spolster's done since 2016. Unless Dwayne Wade's on the team, that's what they do. Cause Dwayne is, you know, probably the greatest pick and roll player in of this generation. Sorry, Chris Paul. <laughs> He's that good. And if he's not there, then you just, you do, you do. Why are you making that face? I'm not going to say it, but. Why? What are you going to say? What are you going to say? Like if you want to say Chris Paul's a better pick and roll player, I'm fine. I'm not going to get mad at you. Neither, but, you know. Oh, why? Who are you going to let's, let's not have LeBron? this conversation now. LeBron? No, let's just. But who's, who are you saying? Steph? Mm. Steph's not really a pick and roll guy, though. Like, who, what do you, who's the guy? Nash? Guy that's in Brooklyn. Oh, Harden? Yeah. Um. He he can kill you. I would like to see Dwayne play with that space. Dwayne play no, with that. fucking Jermaine O'Neal and Michael Beasley and Daquan Cook. Like, well, we can only judge off what we see. So, no, but like, I, I just think the decision making is in pick and roll. Like, I, and I, I, you know, I was watching like Dwayne footage uh, the other day, and like, not just the splitting of, of of defenders and stuff like that, but the way that he can close space between the between the free throw line and the restricted area, it was. Unlike anything I've ever seen, and like there's nobody in the sport that can do that. Not even LeBron. Like the acceleration and the explosiveness once you beat your man, and the deceleration when you want to fish for Harden doesn't do that. I saw Harden shades works. of it yesterday. With who? With Donovan. Shades but of Donovan's it. Donovan's the closest to it, without a no, doubt. No, but the thing with Donovan is Donovan's not as springy. He's not as quick. And Donovan reacts to defenses. Donovan, like what Dwayne would do, and I, I think I said this last podcast. And Jimmy does a little bit of this too. They set, they create their own chessboard. Jimmy manipulates defenses to say, "I'm going to do this, and you're all going to do this because I'm doing this, and I know what you're going to do, and I'm going to get to this spot." For the most part, it works. Dwayne was like that too, except better at it right like Dwayne's like I'm gonna manipulate this 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 these spaces and these windows with these screens and these angles and I'm gonna I'm gonna make the court what I want it to be and then I'm gonna play within that Dwayne set the rules every time Dwayne engaged in a play he set the rules of engagement it wasn't the other way around Donovan reacts to what defenses gives and scores and he's really good and it's kind of my critique with Bam as well Bam doesn't dictate how a play is gonna go Bam reacts to how plays are gonna go and like, that's my main thing with, with Bam and, and, and like Donovan as well. And I think Donovan, I don't know if Donovan will ever get there. He's obviously a really good player. He's a top 15, 20 player. I don't know what you want to say. Um, two, two end, you know, two way guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, just Dwayne Harden's incredible. And I know that the heat almost had him and it, it just kind of sucks because he, he, he's better than Zach Levine. <laughs> I wanted him in that draft so bad. One pick before us. Who did they take? Instead, that was the Bam year. I mean, I'm not hating on it. We ended up with Wait, Bam. Who are you talking? About? Oh, Donovan. Oh yeah. Let's not relive the past. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, I already hear about it every day. With if Arden. they redraft, who goes? I think Bam still gets picked over Donovan. I think Bam's better than Donovan. I don't know. I don't I know Bam's about that. Tiffany Bam, gets mad at me when I Bam say is that. easily a top five pick, but I I think Donovan still goes before him. What what draft Bam's was a that? Top that, three pick. What 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 was that draft? For that sure. was 2018. 2017. 2017 it'll i think it'll go jason donovan bam i think that's fair wow not looking at the list in front of me but i think that's fair yeah jason jason bam donovan maybe it it just depends on the team and what they need and their fit that's all it's really close i mean i i think i think bam's kind of playoff success is better and i think 
I don't know. It's that's more because of the heat than it is, and because they're in the east situation. I thought he had a really good run. I thought I mean Donovan too, but um, Donovan played like a superstar, five top five player. Yeah, but that's the only time he's ever done that. He's been in the league for like four years. That's twenty five percent of the time. Uh, Bam leads that draft class in in win shares. Actually, Jared Allen does. <laughs> Bam is second. Go figure. That's funny. Win shares is such a stupid stat. I hate it. I hate when people like I, I hate Vorp. I have Vorp muted on Twitter. I hate it. It's an awful stat. I hate those numbers. I mean, that's just stuff for you guys. You guys are nerds. I don't look at those. I don't stuff. like that. I don't believe in numbers. Yeah. Right. Shout, Shout out Tiffany Meeks. Shout out to Tiff. <laughs> I like I think people like like make fun of me for being a numbers guy when I'm like not really that much of a numbers guy. Like Yes, you I like, are. Yes, you are. I like data. No, but I think data's in like if I want to know, like if you ask me, like, is Tyler Hero a good pick and roll player? I can tell you that because there are numbers to say this is what he does in pick and roll. Just like, watch him play. Yeah, you can, but sometimes you can't know. Like, how good is he? How can you, you keep telling that? me Zach Levine's not a good player, and a I defensive keep, player. Okay, defensive player, but like, are we really going to stop us from getting Zach Levine because of a guy like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson? No, I'm, I'm, I, I agree. I was listening so, okay. to. Um, we're on, we're on board now. We're fully. We're on board. board. We're on board. Uh, right. kind of to close us out. I was listening to, um, I was listening to the House of Strauss where Ethan Strauss was interviewing uh, Andrew Bogut, which is a really good pod, by the way. You should, you should really take a listen. I don't really like Andrew Bogut, but I thought it was a very uh, informative and interesting podcast into the look of kind of how athletes and like pro sports work, right? And Bogut said, if you're trading for a top 15 player, you have to give up something that hurts. And I think Heat fans don't like giving up what hurts. I think sports fans in general. Uh, don't like giving up what hurts. Um, but I thought that was like really well said because I think oftentimes we're kind of arguing like what's going on, this and that. But in reality, like, you know, you 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 got to give up what hurts. Gee, I say it on every stream. If you like the deal, it's not fair. <laughs> like, that's the best way to put it. If you like the deal, yeah, it's not going to happen. That's a great way to put it. Um, and by the way, Adam, I don't want to keep you more of your time. We're running almost an hour. Uh, I really want to thank you for hopping on. Uh, we appreciate you. Can you want to plug your stuff on your way out? So if people, where they can find you on Twitter, where they can find your work, uh, at, we are friends with a lot of people on the five reasons sports network. And there's a lot of really good work being done over there. Well, um, I just want to say that my life has now been made. I have peaked in life. I've been on a Miami heat beat podcast. This is this is the apex of my life, sadly. Nice. That's great to hear that. All right, I take it back. <laughs> I take it back already. No, but you can you can find me on um, what's my Twitter? I don't know. Clutch Adam. Clutch Adam, Clutch Adam NBA is my Twitter account. I, I have a show Tuesdays at eight p.m. It's called the Clutch Corner. I don't really talk on the show. I just sit there and watch. But yeah, you can find me on post game streams for the Five Reasons Sports Network. I think everyone knows that by now. So I think, yeah, if, if you're listening here, then you're then you're aware of everything that's going on with our friends over there. Uh, like I said, at the top of the show, get involved with our Patreon, patreon.com slash Miami Heat Beat. Uh, we have a lot of cool rewards, which include watch parties with us. So you can watch uh, part of part of Heat Games with us. And we're scheduling that. So, you know, we'll be on a voice call and you can hear my takes or Alex or you know, whoever's takes. Uh, Moose's takes or Solana's takes or Jack's takes. We all watch it as friends. So we're in a pandemic. It's dangerous out there. We can't go to bars together. Well, some of you are, but we're not. Uh, so if you're if you're being like me and you're staying at home, you can join us on a voice call and that'll be fun. That's one of the Patreon rewards. Uh, another one is uh, a newsletter that we're throwing out. It goes out tonight. Uh, another one that we're doing is grab bag. So you can pick the topics for a show. You can produce the show. You can tell us what to talk about. We will take a whole show and we will only talk about what the patrons want us to talk about. So it is a produced show. We also give pod shout outs and we're going to do a cool thing with that on Hangover Time uh, this week. And uh, and then if you're that into it and you want to pay our $50 Patreon tier, uh, you can be on a Hangover Time or a Heapy pregame show. Uh, Twisted Tapioca uh, got a little taste of that and you got to see him on a Hangover Time. So if you want something like that and you want to hang out with us and talk and and and, and chat, like chill with us, that's that's always available. And uh, we appreciate all the, all the support, guys. Uh, so be on the lookout. Every remember hangover time after every heat game, even on this West Coast trip, we are up late. We're gonna be there. We're gonna bring it for the Clipper game tomorrow. So make sure to check us out. Yeah, Adam's like, no, listen, I'll 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 steadily do it. So we we're here. 
Hey, listen, and if you need some additional free content with the Miami Heat people, make sure you check out Stream Beat Podcast. Oh, Episode two coming this week. This mother. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.